Hey there, fellow truth seekers. It's Jamie Grogan, founder of Solutions for Solopreneurs, an organization dedicated to the healers of the world. We remove the tech overwhelm and the confusion that comes with it. This podcast serves those who need a soft place to fall, a comforting and accepting space to explore the spiritual world. So settle in and listen as our guests share their struggles, challenges, and triumphs on their way to entrepreneurship. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Journey to Entrepreneurship series. I'm Jamie Grogan. And if you are new to this channel or new to this podcast, I want to make sure that you know that you are in the right place. I don't believe in coincidences. So no matter your socioeconomic status, no matter your age, race, background, um, I want you to know that you can start a business. It can be a passion project, a side hustle, um, a hobby. You can start a business from where you are with what you have, with who you are. So today we are interviewing someone who actually interviewed me and um, his unguarded podcast is one of my favorites already. Um, I love the fact that as a man, he recognizes the need for men to open up and to be more vulnerable. So Stu, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and then we're going to jump right in. Cool. Um, so I am Stuart Lucio. Um, let's see, I'm 28. Originally from New Jersey, grew up there pretty much my entire life, moved to Maryland for college, um, worked there for a little while, and now I'm out in Arizona, actually, so decided to move a little bit more west. Um, you know, been out here for about five years or so, I think approaching six. Summers are rough, but finally <laughs> getting used to those and no humidity, so it's kind of nice. Um, from a work perspective, I am a business analyst for a great company. They really focus on the people side of things. So I think that's why I fit in really well there. Um, I have a psych degree. So how I ended up in business, couldn't really tell you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, outside of that, I started a podcast called Be Unguarded. Um, about four or five episodes now. And yeah, essentially, I just come on, talk through a current problem or situation that I'm working through and not necessarily to solve it by the end of the interview, but just to explore it, right? Like make right. some connections, maybe have some realizations. And then for anybody listening, just hopefully they understand they're not the only one um, got right. something or feeling a certain way. So just trying to build that connection and that vulnerability and, and similar to what you said, just opening up more. Um, you know, I'm doing it for others, but there's definitely a piece where, where I'm doing it for myself too. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize upon their entrepreneurial um, start is that it's a journey for both personal and business. You are going to learn more about yourself in the quest of becoming an entrepreneur. And having podcasts out there, having YouTube channels out there that are put out by regular people like you and me, mm -hmm. they resonate with all of the people who are just starting out and like, I don't even know where the hell to begin. What do I do? I have this, you know, little idea, but I don't, you know, where do I even start? Mm 
And so mm-hmm. hearing our journey and sharing our stories helps those individuals know that, like you said, they're not alone. Their fears, their you know, obstacles, challenges, all of that, those you don't make you incapable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we talked about on our interview, which really just helped me connect with you, was your openness about your struggles with being vulnerable. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That is a long time (laughs) opportunity for me. I think that's going to be in my forever bucket, honestly. Um, You know, something that I constantly have to be mindful of. But, you know, when I think of where some of that started to stem from, um, so I guess a little backstory. When I was in middle school, my grandfather died. And it triggered my dad's bipolar, which my mom and I didn't mm-hmm. know he even had. He was diagnosed in his 20s. No one ever told my mom. Um, wow. So we didn't, we didn't know he had it. Um, and I'm an only child as well. So it was really just me and my mom and my dad living together. Um, really rough time. And, you know, even at that age, just really felt like I had to be there for my mom. Um, you know, my dad had the crazy manic episodes where he was up all night um, out all night, like doing all these things. Then he had the depressive episodes where, you know, he's talking about jumping off a bridge and some of those things. Um, you know, it got really bad to the point where he moved out and was like living in a motel for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a few times where he would refuse to give my mom the check for work. Cause my mom was stayed home. So my dad was the only one bringing money to the house. Right. I used to have to, at that age, walk down to the end of the court meet my dad and beg for money so we could pay the bills for the house and have food. Wow. And all that. Um, so for me, you know, at that age, I shut down, right? Like I felt like I had to be the rock for my mom and for everyone else. Um, and I didn't have anyone to go through it with. At least I felt that way. Um, Cause of me, I didn't have a brother or sister or any siblings to share or talk through. Um, and it caused a lot of, a lot of shutting down. And, you know, years later, when I looked back at first, you know, people would ask, hey, how did that impact you? Oh, I just had, I just, you know, was more mature faster. That's what I thought, right? right. Like, right. you know, things that bothered my friends at that time didn't bother me anymore because there's bigger issues in the world or other things that I needed to right. worry about versus, you know, if we're playing football, was that a touchdown or not? Like, right. whatever, small <laughs> things, jump change. <laughs> um, but looking back now, much bigger of an impact from a vulnerability standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like one of the biggest things I struggle with is truly asking people for help. So I am the type of person that needs to be the rock for everyone. I have it all figured out. I'm there for you. If you ask me questions or share, I deflect it back. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I, I really struggle with saying, Hey, I don't have this figured out and I need your help for me to work on something. Um, You know, one of the, I guess, bigger impacts of this vulnerability journey that I've had so far was, you know, this was maybe three Um, One of my best friends from middle school and like high school and everything came out here to visit. And we were talking and I shared everything about that and my mom and everything I was going through. He was, he was my best friend. Like day, either after school, I'm, I'm at his house, I'm in his neighborhood, everything together. Like we could not be separated. You know, and he said, he's like, Stu, like, I had no idea about any of that. Um, 
And that really because, you know, here I am, my best friend, and I couldn't even open up to him about what was going on. Um, I, wow. felt, I felt really bad. Like, I don't know, upset with myself in a sense of, you know, I, I really could not even best friend in at the time. Right. Um, and just seeing the impacts throughout my life. Um, it was it was a struggle. And I guess the reason why, like, I've been working on it a lot more, work, right? Saying, and it's not just professional side, but the per. Um, I was a manager and was working towards manager. And the conversation was, hey, you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, my leadership, because they were all on the East Coast still, and they sat me down and said, you're not ready. You know, you, you're not ready for the next position. You're, you're not vulnerable enough. We're a different coast. And if you're always saying, hey, things are fine, things are great, like we're not there. We can't going on. Um, and you're, you're not sharing those things. And that hurt. That was really rough. Um, I came in the next day and essentially sat down with my manager at the time and said, like, this was the, it was the first time I truly asked for help. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to figure this out. And that took me on a huge journey. Um, and I think one of the underlying themes of that has been, it takes a village because after I asked for help, the biggest thing they pushed me to do is to share that with everyone, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was the people working for me, my peers, my, my like leaders of, hey, I struggle with vulnerability. Right. And I'm just starting to work on it. So am I gonna do what I'm doing for the past couple months or am I going to resort back to the you know at the time 26 years of my life or whatever right um and I really leaned heavily on everyone around me to call me out in those moments of if you feel like I'm deflecting something back to you if you ask me a question and I just turn it right around call me out right. if you feel like I'm giving a half-assed answer call me out um mm -hmm. and really push and pull out some of that vulnerability that I kind of withhold um so it's been I mean it's been a lot of progress the past three, four years, but it's definitely, like I said, it's going to be my forever bag and I need to be very conscious of it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Um, I, I talk to myself a lot about my anger because that's my go-to emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a live uh, a couple weeks ago about the dangers of autopilot because yeah your mind just reverts back to what you've always done mm -hmm. and how you've always reacted. Um, so staying mindful and present um, is a challenge. It's, yeah. it's a huge challenge. Um, and it almost, I don't know about you, but I get angry because I'm like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't want to do it. And if I don't do it, then I'm going to stay where I am. And, and then I have this whole dialogue conversation mm -hmm. with myself about why I'm trying to change this. And it's like you have to convince yourself over and over and over again that this really is what you want. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> as yeah, hard as it is, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I know I don't want to do it, but I really do want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and being the better version of yourself um, is always it's gonna always be yeah. a struggle it's if it was easy everyone would be doing it right <laughs> that's right that's right you know everybody would be a perfect embodiment of what they think they should be right um, right 
The work but, is hard. And and I'm the same way. I, I feel that anger. Like my girlfriend does a really good job of pushing and challenging me to open up because I shut down um, right. and I'll get frustrated, but she doesn't pull back. She pushes me in a good right. way. And, you know, um, right. but it, it's hard in the moment. It, it really is. Because yeah. um, your brain is really trying to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. That's what your brain is designed to do, to keep you safe. And so if what you've been doing for 26 years has been working to keep you safe, then that's what it's going to want you to do. Yeah. But if you're, you know, completely shut down and, and not sharing, um, then you're not only not letting in, um, not letting the good in, you're keeping all of those people in your life mm-hmm. at arm's length. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have these walls, these self-defense mechanisms built up. Um, and yeah, you just revert back instantly. It's, uh, it's a challenge, but um, <laughs> you know, baby steps too. Right, right. And, mm-hmm. and um, before we move on, I do want to say that asking the right questions like you did, um, are, it's just crucial, you know, mm-hmm. because having that conversation with your best friend and then having the further conversations with yourself, because I'm sure there was much internal dialogue about it and about what you missed out on by not being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, Asking those right questions is so, so important, you know, because you could have just said, well, you know, I felt like I had to do that, you know, and then the the conversation with internal conversation would not have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I just want to commend you for continuing down the the road less traveled and having those realizations and kind of keeping, you know, digging when Mm. it's more comfortable not to. Right. Um, But, but what I, I want to talk a little bit about your dad and his um, mental health diagnosis and then your psychology degree. Talk yes. about that because <laughs> that's that's got to be like oh, yeah. all intertwined and and so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think a hundred percent a relation there. Um, originally, I went to college. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and um, started taking some classes. Took a bio class or whatever. What I was like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> um, and then it went to to psychology. Like I was just like, all right, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, I think a lot of it definitely had to do with my dad and, and bipolar and growing up and just trying to get a grasp of that. But then I think also, you know, with that and where I was and being an only child, it's just like I had to go out and make these connections and these friends and, and figure that out too. So like just understanding people and how to listen. Right. And I think part of it too was like, like I said, I felt like I had to be the rock. So I was already doing a lot of those things that some, you know, a counselor would do in the sense of being there for someone and being a sounding board or providing advice or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it just, I don't know, it just happened. And then it just came down to what do I want to do? And um, just went more the business route, but um you know, that I think for me too, was just the introspection piece, right? Like you're right. taking these psychology classes. Um, I think my, the two that I took away the most from was counseling and advanced counseling. Mm-hmm. Cause not only am I sitting there and working through and practicing how to listen and ask questions for other people, but you can almost turn that around on yourself too and start asking yourself some of those same questions or really dig in with yourself 
Right. Um, so for me, it kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. So <clears throat> as far as your, your own mental health, um, just because I have um, some personal firsthand experience with um, schizophrenia and mm -hmm. um, bipolar um, disorder, what kind of fears does that bring up for you um, oh, as yeah. far as your own mental health? Um, for a while, I was very fearful. Um, I remember when I was at work, I was probably 21, 22 maybe. And I literally went into my manager's office and I broke down crying because I was so scared that I was going to have bipolar and not know and have a similar thing to my dad. Cause my dad had denial, right? He's like, Nope, I'm fine. Everything's great. I don't need yeah. help. Um, it actually got to the point where we had to call the cops and that's actually what got him the help that he needed. Um, so here I am, right? Like it's hereditary and you get diagnosed usually in your early twenties. Yeah. Right. And I'm right there. And just the fear of, am I going to be like him? Am I going to be a person who doesn't even know I have it? And people are saying these things to me and fine, or I think I'm fine. And I don't realize um, it's scared. It really, really scared me for a while. Yeah. Um, but you know, after talking to my manager and just talking to a couple other people, just a realization of, hey, you have a support group around you that looks a lot different than what my dad had. Right. My dad really didn't have that. So, like, it got to the point where I felt comfortable enough that if people were to say, hey, I think you might have bipolar or, you know, you need to seek help, that I would listen. But once again, yeah. it's the unknown, right? Like, I say that right now, but if something triggered and I had a manic episode for some reason would I still respond that same way? I, right. I and that still scares me. Right, right. Mm. So do you have um, um, a therapist or a counselor that you go to regularly? Like, what's your, your check-in? How do you, um, you know, do the checks and balances? Yeah. I'll be honest, I don't. I don't have one. Or I don't really have a check and balance. Um, I've been saying for a long time I need to, and there's just something that holds me back. There mm -hmm. is, um, as much as I love asking questions and digging in with other people or even trying to figure that out myself. Um, I don't know. I think there's still a fear of if I go to a professional, what's really going to get dug out. Um, right. you know, I, I know I need to, and it's as simple as an action of looking online and like it's not hard to do yeah no and i've been like i said i've been saying it for so long but um yeah there's just something holding me back yeah yeah i i can i can definitely understand that and but from your childhood um you know you like you said you had to be the rock you know you mm -hmm. felt like that was your job your responsibility um but it wasn't yeah. And that's something that I think that a therapist would be crucial in helping you embrace. Because I think you know it, mm -hmm. but because you lived it, it's part of who you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and there's, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Um, and I say this jokingly, there are people that are still alive because I went to therapy. 
because my anger when I was going through my yeah. custody battle there, I mean, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, put people strategically in my way so that I did not do the things that I had planned to do in my head. Mm. You know, when you go out and you buy an all black outfit and you buy the face paint so that you blend in, you've got a plan. Yeah. That's yeah. a serious, like, I, I'm done. I'm, you know, that's, I'm, I'm going to do this and then I'll just spend the rest of my, my life in jail. I'm all right mm. with that, you know? And if it was not for my therapist, I know, and a couple of people who actually sat on me a couple times, um, <laughs> physically sat yeah. on me, um, threw my keys out the window um, into my backyard that was like knee high grass, mm. um, you know, cause they were like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> but if it wasn't for those people, my anger would have gotten the best of me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just want to encourage you um, because ultimately what you're looking for is peace. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't, I don't believe that you're going to be able to embrace it and live it um, without some professional help. Yeah. I, I hear you there. Um, I think for me, the hard, I don't, I struggle with talking about myself. Right. Um, even just like celebrating the wins or things like that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's hard. So, you know, I think part of it is going to a therapist. Well, that's pretty much all I'm going to do yes. is talk, talk about, about yourself. And um, that's challenging for me. Right. And I know too, like logically, I know all these things. Right. Like, of makes course. Sense. Of um, course. <laughs> You know, even just the the practice of going to a therapist and talking about myself, I know there would be a positive impact of me being able to do that more For sure. in my personal life as well, even beyond yeah. just like self-discovery or realizations. Um, yeah, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it a goal that this week I'm going to reach out because my company does have a really great right. health advocate yeah. um, line where I think it's like two or three free sessions. So you can kind yeah. of find who works best for you and then keep going. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna I make it a point to schedule something this week. Good. I'm going to hold you to that, Stu. I'll follow up. I'll send you an email. I, I am. I'm going to hold you to yeah. it because, um, one of the things that my grandmother used to say to me all the time was, um, basically if you don't deal with your demons, then people can hurt you with them. Mm -hmm. you know and yeah. um my anger was definitely one of my demons um I've got a pretty good handle on it now because I've you know been through therapy and I know the root and you know when I start to get angry and have my triggers I can say to myself okay I feel this way because of this that happened to me and I'm not in that situation anymore therefore I don't have to react this mm -hmm. way this, this anger that I'm feeling is residual and it's not anger about this current situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it just, it makes me feel empowered and in control. Don't get me wrong. I still want to flip a table sometimes, <laughs> but like you said, I think it's going to be an ongoing, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, struggle, not struggle. I don't want to say struggle. I just, you know, journey. yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a journey for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know how you feel about, you know, your future kids. Um, I mean, I feel like I've only spent an hour and 90 minutes with you. Um, and I know that you would be a great dad. Um, but man, what, what more could you do mm-hmm. yeah, if you that's... didn't have that holding you back? Yeah, that's exactly it. Cause I think about that of, you know, I look to my father and, you know, just my parents in general and growing up and, you know, there's two approaches, right? You can emulate what you see or you can do the opposite. Right. right? And for me, I think a lot of the takeaways have been, okay, I see what not to do. Right. Uh, but there's a fear for me. And even, you know, the, like the moments when I feel that anger or that frustration of, have I made any progress? Mm. Am, am I going to be just like them? Like, is yeah. this going to come up? And that, you know, as much as I don't want to admit it, am I doing exactly the things that I said I, I don't want to do? Right. Um, yeah, that's a scary thought that I have sometimes. Right, right. But man, you're asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Because you're not in denial. You're not, um, you know, not even having those thoughts. You're asking the right questions. And I do believe that that is the beginning. When you are asking the right questions, you are on the right path. Yeah. It's definitely definitely step one. I struggle with step two of actually doing something about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's that loophole. You can get, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole, right? And it's just a cycle of questions and you just keep going and going, but you don't do anything to necessarily step out of that. Um, Right. Yeah. I think that's where I've been for, for years and, you know, talking to my girlfriend and even this conversation right now, it's like, all right, I got to do something different because what I've been trying to do is not, it's not going to be the answer. Right. Right. Well, I congratulate you and you can count me as part of your support system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, when you need an objective, because I have a couple of those people in my life, you know, who know me well, but are the kind of people that are like, okay, um, my, my daughters and I, when, when they were going through the custody battle and I was struggling with, they would come to me with these, you know, things where I just wanted, like, mm-hmm. what do I do with this information? Yeah. Um, so when they got a little older, we implemented, um, the one, two, three. So the one is, I just want you to listen, mom, just listen, mm-hmm. let me vent, let me get it all out. Or two was I just want you to listen and I want you to advise me, like, you know, say I, you know, validate my feelings, um, you know, say I, I, what can we do about it? You know? And then three was, um, all of that. And I want you to physically do something. But before they came to me with that one, two or three, they had to already know what they wanted me to do. You know, Mm -hmm. if they wanted me to call their teacher, if they wanted me, you know, to um, say something to the courts, if they wanted me to call that parent or, you know, whatever, they had Mm -hmm. to have that. So having expectations when you ask for help is really important and helps you stay grounded. Um, And so you can come to me and you can say, Jamie, this is a two. I just want you to listen 
and give me your advice or your take on it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's so helpful for both parties. You know, I have a friend who, when she calls me, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm always like, I love her to death. And she does the one, two, three, but then she'll, you know, it's just, she's very um, needy, mm -hmm. very needy. Um, and I'm, I'm there for her. So have some, some like guidelines, some yeah. expectations around when you're asking for help. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wrote that down one, two, I really just wrote one, two, three. I'm going to talk to uh, my girlfriend about it too. I think sometimes it, there's just miscommunication up front and then it makes right. it challenging, right? Like going and expecting what I need, but not sharing that up front. Right. Right. I can't expect, I can't get mad when she does something that I'm not expecting because we never talked about it. Right. Um, and what you're saying too is like, you know, it's no different than seeking feedback. If I say, hey, can you give me feedback? And I leave it very vague and broad. Right, right. No one's going to have anything. No, you're fine. Right. You're good. But right. If I say, hey, can you give me feedback about how I responded in this specific moment when this happened? Exactly. Like you're going to get more details. And that's no different, it sounds like, than, um, you know, just coming and trying to be vulnerable or share or vent something. Right. Be specific of what you want. Um, right. I don't, think I've made, I don't think I've carried that connection from feedback over to this side before. Mm. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. I just, I, when I meet a man, especially a man, but anybody, but when I meet people who are looking for those answers and I feel like I can just give them, you know, share some of my mm. experiences, um, it, it not only solidifies my journey but it but it helps me be like a client of mine says a marker on the road for others yeah um which i think is amazing so how do you feel about your podcast and you know the direction of the guests that you've <laughs> your body language just completely changed <laughs> so how do you, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, how do you feel about those guests and the, the trajectory of your podcast? Yeah, I, I feel good. Um, it's changed a little bit, I think. Um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Number one, it's challenging to find the guests, right? Like I have a normal job. I work a lot. Right. Um, spend time with my girlfriend we do stuff so like to find ways to reach out to people to set up the interviews to get them booked like that's challenging right um and for me you know from a vulnerability standpoint it's also challenging because as much as i'm trying to get other people to dig in right like you know questions get asked to me or i want to provide some perspective and now here i am opening up and that's right. something I, I struggle with at times and the first couple episodes i over edited like just straight up yeah. Um, even if there was a point where I was sharing something about myself or perspective, like I really ended up cutting that out and just oh. putting in just whatever the question was that I had. Right. So right. put all, once again, and this is another thing I do, I put all the focus on everyone else. That's, right. you know, never, never focus on me. Right. Um, and that was no different. Like sitting here thinking about it in my first couple episodes where even if there was focus on me for a minute, the end product, you're not going to hear that. Right. Mm -hmm. You're just going to hear the other person talk. You're going to hear me speak every once in a while, just ask a question and move on. Um, but my last episode, 
number one, like from an editing perspective, I was like, I'm not going to keep doing that. That is a lot of time to it sit is. there and try to wiggle everything around. Right. And then number two, like sometimes I feel like maybe I do provide some gold nuggets or perspective on what I'm saying. You do. So why should I hold that to myself or not share that? Right. So my most recent episode is like the first couple of episodes, I think were like 20, maybe 30 minutes. This one, I think it was like 45. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a lot better for me to get that out there. So I think from a, where my podcast is going, it's, it's interesting because it's starting to become more about me being vulnerable at times than my guest. Yeah. Um, but also just picking up certain themes. Like there's a lot of times where I think the same themes are coming out from everybody. So now yeah. my next question is how do I take that and maybe just do a solo episode and like talk through some of that, whether right. I share my experiences or, Hey, like, you listen to the first three or four episodes um you're going to see that communication is coming up you're going to see the theme of vulnerability yes um you know that's something that a lot of people are working through and let's talk about that yeah um, so it's it's interesting um there's a, there's been a lot of growth already just going through <laughs> and figuring some of how to how to make this thing work right yeah right. It's funny because I started out editing my podcast as well. Um, but then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't want this to be packaged. Mm -hmm. I want it to be, you know, almost like somebody's eavesdropping on a conversation, you know, and all of the um, pauses and that it's, it's all there for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then when you force it, you know, when you force that package um, presentation, then, then to me, you cut out the, the realness of it. Yeah. You know, I can't even tell you how many times um, on my YouTube videos, I don't edit anything anymore. Mm -hmm. When I, I start recording, I end recording. Once it converts, goes into my queue yeah. to be, that's it. Um, and the same with the YouTube channel. Um, and I can't even tell you how many times um, as I'm waiting for a guest because I forgot to pause, you know, do you see me like, you know, fixing my makeup or whatever, you know? <clears throat> so that realness gives you um, credibility. Yeah. It's like my big thing is creating a comfort zone and that creates more of a comfort zone right. for anybody listening. Um, because I think editing the first couple episodes the way I did goes right back to the thing that I do wholeheartedly is everything's perfect, right? There's no mistakes. Everything's oh, grand. So yeah. if you're listening and you hear everything's perfect every time, that's not the reality. Right. You know, so why would I present it that way and then put the pressure on everybody else to think that that's the way it needs to be when right. it's not. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's that was a great question because this is the first time I'm really reflecting on some of that and mm -hmm. realizing how me as a person, like it, it's it's not only about the questions I ask or the interview itself, but even down to the editing and the way it goes really ties back to like my opportunities and what I'm working on versus yeah. what I want it to be. So that is um really interesting. <laughs> wow. Wow. My mind my mind just blew. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny to me because um, I stumbled upon this absolute joy 
of interviewing people. I, I, I always, like I wanted to be a DJ, um, mm -hmm. but I wanted to be like an old school dish jockey. I'm not talking about, you know, going to parties and spinning records and that rick a rick No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about old school DJs that put the records on and are talking the first mm -hmm. 30 seconds and telling a memory about that song. And, you know, that that's the kind of DJ disc jockey that I wanted to be. Um, but I never like tied into that um, interviewing piece mm -hmm. until I started um, this podcast and realized just how much I love it um, because the connections that you make with real human beings who are um, just amazing. I mean, Stu, what you've been through is something that so many people can learn from and relate to and look at as, um, you know, that, that, oh, okay, he went through something very similar. You know, my, it was my mother and not my dad, mm -hmm. you know, and I have two kids right now so he helped me realize that I'm leaning too much on my oldest son. I, yeah. I, I mean, that realization yeah. for, you know, maybe her son is eight years old, you know, could change the rest of that child's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so don't hold yourself, yourself back. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I think, I, I think the next step for me is sharing up front. If people ask me mm. questions, I've gotten better of sharing. Yeah. But if they don't, then I don't. And mm. I don't think I can always come with the expectation of, hey, they're going to ask all these questions because I do. Um, right. You know, it's not fair. But to your point, yeah, there's, there's like, yeah, connection is huge. I love people. I love conversation. I love learning about who people are and where they come from and why they are the way, way they are. Psychology, like, goes right into that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the more I share, it's a win-win because, you know, they're learning about me, but then that also causes them to open up and share a little bit more and I learn even more about them. So, right, um, right. you know, I remember one time when I was trying to figure out everything with work and that next position, um, there was a guy I worked with, Mark, who's like a mentor to me. And he said, you know, Stu, as much as you're trying to help others and push them and challenge them and you know, guide them professionally and personally here at work. Like they want to do the same for you and you're not letting them do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that hit me really hard because then my first thought was, okay, what if I picture myself on the other side of the table and here I am trying to do my best of, Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How are you right. feeling? And then there I am sitting, well, I'm good. Things are fine. Right. Things are great. And all right. I'm trying to do to help. Like, um, that was tough too. And yeah. so, once again, it's the recognition versus the actual doing of sharing. Like I get it, but right. then the the next step of being more vulnerable up front or sharing those flaws or those opportunities, um, you know, that's going to be the big work in progress for me. I think constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as somebody in their early twenties, there is um, you know a real push to destigmatize mental health mm -hmm. um and i i truly appreciate that because it does it does need to be um looked at as just another life struggle you know there's there's nothing wrong with um that and i believe 
I do truly believe that everybody is struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like a disease or an illness, you know, but for you as someone young and in business and in um, your entrepreneurial journey, um, what is something that you're hoping happens around mental illness or mental health mm. um, in the next, you know, five, 10 years? That's a great question. Um, I think kind of to what you're saying, just it becoming the norm, like even like when I think of myself, right. And my push to try to talk to a therapist, like it's a lot. And it's been like, I know I need to, and I haven't, it's almost as if you should just have a, everybody should just have a therapist. Yes. Like you don't even need to have a reason why well before any of that, you can have one. So like, I think it would be awesome in the next five or so years if companies not only provide the things like my company has where they have like health advocate and hey, if you want, you can call, but not, and I don't want to say forced either, but right. there's just more either conversation around it or push or challenge. So, hey, yeah, everything's fine, but why not? Right. You know, it's a free offering. Go do it. Um, right. And I think more of those kind of conversations and pushes because why if you can work on something earlier, why wait until something big happens to then say, this is what I need to do. Right. Right. A lot of times it's too late in the sense of, you know, you've, you can't undo things. So there's already an impact, but you could prevent it or at least have a better idea of what it's going to look like if you were having conversations ahead of time. And maybe you didn't even realize you were heading in that direction. Um, So yeah, I guess going back to your question, I think not just companies and, and things like that providing these tools for people, but, making it more of a norm than an ab- abnormality. Right, right. Like mm-hmm. you have to go and seek out and search, you know, like when you sign up for your health insurance, mm-hmm. you get a primary care physician, but you also get a mental health physician. Right. You know, um, it could be someone who specializes in um, leadership coaching. It could be someone um, who specializes in um, anger management. You know, mm-hmm. there there are so many different um, paths um, to being a better person and for us as um, individuals I believe that um, insurance or health insurance is a right it's not a privilege mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. so so when you you know think about your health you know your mental health should also you know yeah. lead right into that um, because I know for a fact that I hold my trauma in my body, which is where my weight issues come from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and struggling with my weight. Um, so I absolutely believe that as well, yeah. <laughs> that, the, that it needs to be yeah. normal. It just needs to be, you know, part of your whole health um, journey, you know? Yeah. And how do you do that? Just right. conver- make it a normal conversation. Right. Um, you know, whether I'm meeting with my manager or, you know, whatever it is, just that being the norm, like being okay to talk about that or share. And then once again, it goes back, like everything ties, right? Like to the vulnerability and yeah. sharing that up front and, um, you know, span of control, you can control yourself and, right. and that's through it. that you can start to kind of <laughs> have an impact on those around you. Right. Um, 
right. So you control what you're doing. And, exactly. A positive exactly. impact. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just making it more of a conversation, bringing it more to light. Um, not sitting back and waiting for things to happen. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's kind of where you can start to change some of those things. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. It really does. Um, and I think the more people hear just regular people like you and me talking about it and saying, <clears throat> you know, these are the things that I, you know, maybe some HR person is out there listening and saying, you know what, that I'm going to get on that because that is something that I firmly believe. Yeah. And then when we're in a meeting, you know, the HR person um, is doing their hiring um, class or, you know, that, um, what do they call it? You know, where they do like the group of people and they introduce, you know, all of the benefits and everything. Yeah, like foundations or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So then they can say, and this is provided to you at no cost. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you get an hour a week to go and meet with this person. You know, Um, I think that that's, that's very, that's very smart. Very smart. So for, um, for anybody listening, Let's do this one together. So if you're on the fence or you're thinking about it or you're kind of like me right now where you keep talking about it, but don't do it. Um, let's do it together. I don't know when, I don't know when you're going to post this video, but what I'll do is when you do, I will comment on the video okay. as a confirmation as well. So anybody listening can see that. Um, and hopefully you're, if you're kind of like me on the fence, you make the same choice and, that's and right. just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's a good, um, let's do it all, do, do this all together. And in fact, I think I'm going to do the same thing because I haven't been um, in counseling in a year. Um, and I definitely see the differences um, in the time it takes me to do something. Yeah. You know, before my, my therapist would be like, okay, so what's the deadline? When are you going to actually make this happen? You know, uh, read me what you wrote in your journal this last you know, week, um, those kinds of things that hold you accountable mm-hmm. to those realizations and actually doing something. So I will um, accept that um, that challenge as well. Yeah. Because um, it is important for everybody, no matter what's going on in your life. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you get a massage, there should be no difference in going to right. speak to your therapist. It's self care. It's self-care. So let's all do it together. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, um, so to anybody who's listening and they're like, I really don't know how to believe in myself enough to start. What would you say to them? Hmm. That's a tough one. (laughs) don't believe in yourself enough to start and when you say start that's just any part of self-improvement yeah any part of that business you know if they um you know if they want to change in any way um you know 50 years old how do they say gosh what do i do where do i even begin i don't know i got a couple different thoughts um and I'm also curious to hear what you think too. <laughs> I think number one, why do you think that mm. in the first place? So even digging into that thought that's holding you back, um, you know, is that exercise that people talk about the five lies where 
Yeah. You know, why do I say this? Because of this. Well, why that? Because of that. Right. Okay. But why that? And so on and so forth. And try to get to the core of that, right? Is it self-worth? Is it, um, have you tried it at times and, and you've fallen short? Like whatever it is, like really try to at least dig in a little bit there. Yeah. Um, celebrate the wins. I think is another piece because it's easy to harbor on all the losses. But if you look back, guarantee you're going to have a lot of wins in areas that relate to whatever it is you're trying to work on or improve. That's right. Um, and I think the other piece too is break it down into smaller chunks, right? Yes. If you look at something holistically, that's terrifying. Yes, for sure. You know, if you have an end goal and it's, it'll freak you out. Yeah. Like it's freaked me out before. Yes, me too. <laughs> you know, even right now, it's like with the whole talking to a therapist, like that freaks me out right. because I'm already thinking down the road of what the hell is it going to pull out of me and what is that going to look like instead of just, you know what, step one, just reach out, just right. do it. Just take this small step in the right direction and then it's going to, the momentum is going to keep pulling you. Right. So if you're terrified to make a jump because of you're going down these rabbit holes, small, think small. What's yeah. one small thing you can do today right. that's going to help lead you in that direction and do it. Right. Yeah. And then when you're there, what's the next step? And so on and right. so forth. Right. Yeah. Um, I might have shared this analogy on, on the podcast with you. I, I don't I don't recall, but um, you know, for journeys in general, you're not gonna strike gold. It's mm. never gonna be, you know, you're walking one day and all of a sudden you find all this gold and you're set. It's gold right. nuggets. It's little right. tiny nuggets that as you're walking down the street, you find a gold nugget on the floor, really tiny, this small. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's cool. Put it in your pocket. Right. That's one step in the right direction. Yeah. You keep going in that direction. You find another gold nugget, put it in your right. pocket. That's right. Eventually you look in your pocket and it's completely filled. Right. Because you were focusing on the smaller steps. You know, if you look too far ahead of you, you're going to miss everything that's right in front of you. That's right. Um, so yeah, I think start small too for yeah. whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, figure out what that step is and, and just do it. Right. I love that. And I completely agree. Um, one of my t-shirts says, slay in your own lane. Because mm. if mm. you don't focus on your own lane, yeah, then then you're gonna get distracted and you're gonna miss all of the good, like you yeah. said. Agreed. Um, and my answer to to that is how how has what you've been doing working for you? How's that working mm. for you? Mm-hmm. And if you point. if you want to change, you have to be uncomfortable. If you're comfortable and you're happy and you're content where you are, then you're going to continue down the same path. Mm -hmm. But if you are uncomfortable and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then just start one foot in front of the other, like you said. Absolutely. And I think, I think also, and this might not apply to every single situation, but it's a mindset shift too. Yes. Right. Because as humans, what do we do? We look at other people. And we judge ourselves yeah. against them, right? Comparison, yep. And now you can look at that two different ways. You can see, like, if you're, like, for example, if I'm trying to start a podcast and I look at someone who's super successful, I can feel better about that. I can say, screw you. Why are you picking right. up listens and views and all these things? And I'm not. Right. Okay. That's not a good mindset to be in. Flip side of that, I can look at that person and say, okay, what are they doing that I'm not? Right. And what can I do to improve in those areas and become more successful? Yeah. Whether that's listening to those things or even having a conversation, reaching out, hey, like I see that you're growing in listeners or views or, or whatever the situation is way more than I am. Like, what are some things that you're doing that I'm not? And let me learn from that and grow. 
and then apply some of those things to myself. So like that's such a difference. Oh, sorry. Difference yes, in mindset. Sure. Yeah, for sure. To the same situation, you know, and you're going to be a lot more successful if you, if you take it more of that second way than, than just judging and feeling bitter because someone beat you to it. Right. Right. Grateful. Concentrating yeah. on what you have not what you don't have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I'm struggling, when I'm, you know, having one of those anger bouts, that's what I do is I meditate on gratitude. Um, because, you know, that's uh, the comparison um, is the thief of joy is something mm -hmm. that I, you know, I still struggle with, you know, for sure. Especially yeah. when it comes to, you know, I wish I was five, eight and 120 pounds. Um, and I'm looking, you know, so mm -hmm finding the, the beauty in what I see in the mirror is very, very important. Yeah. Have, um, have you heard of a gratitude rock before? No. Gratitude rap? Rock. Oh, rock. Um, you mean the, the cartoon? No, no, no. What? So it's, it's supposed to help with like daily gratitude. Essentially, oh. you find like a little pebble or stone or some kind of like really tiny rock, smooth, whatever it is, and you keep it with you. And what you do is you put it in your pocket every morning when you wake up, right? Whether it's with your keys or your phone or your wallet. So every time you go and grab your phone in your pocket and you feel that rock, or every time you go in your back pocket to get your wallet and you feel that rock, that is a signal to take a second and think about something that you're grateful for. So then throughout the day, you're constantly, you know, how many times do you reach in your pocket and grab your phone right. a lot? Right. Well, you're also going to touch the rocks so and you're going to think of something grateful. And like right. you kind of build those up throughout the day versus trying to remember or forget like it's almost a trigger to say okay think of something like and just do it yeah yeah i like that i like that a lot i wrote that down um i like that yeah wow Stu, this has been amazing um and i always know when i'm gonna invite guests back um because i think our discussion needs to continue and evolve and you know yeah. um so I would love to have you back on. Yeah, I'd love um, to come back on. I need to yeah. give you some updates too. So Yeah, yeah, I would love that. And I know oh, our, our listeners, yeah, will mm. be like, okay, I want to see, I want to hear, I want to know. Yeah. Um, and that's always just so important, you know, to not leave people hanging when we, you know, give them challenges and mm. shout outs. So um, thank you so much for your, for your vulnerability, for your, time and your space and um, giving people permission to say, I'm not good at this, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for asking the questions that you did because um, you've definitely, in the hour that we've been talking, you've already like, given me a push in a direction, something that I really need to do. Um, I love talking to you. Like It's always <laughs> a good conversation. I know I'm going to have a good conversation and just I feel recharged after we talk, you know, oh, in a good way. Thank it's that you. connection and, and realness. And um, thanks for also just creating an environment where I feel comfortable enough to just share and talk through these things, even if I don't have a perfect answer. Um, no. no perfect uh, answer. Mm -hmm. You should, you should strike that word from your vocabulary. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Always a work in progress. <laughs> Always. I love it. Thank you so much, Stu, for your, time and space and like I said being vulnerable I love it when I can get men to come on the show and be authentic and be mm -hmm. real because it just further 
makes it okay for other men. Um, and I feel like, you know, in some kind of, um, in some kind of way, women who listen can then say, man, I never even thought about that. You know, he might be struggling with being vulnerable, you know, and then that gives them an opportunity to approach, you know, their, the man in their life with yeah. that, you know, yeah. with some understanding instead of judgment. So mm -hmm. um, you have tons of gold nuggets to share. So Thanks. don't stop. Appreciate that. Thank you very much.